gosh, I, I forgot I even had that in my pack. Yeah, that's the craziest part, man. I, if Joe flicked my ear, I'd probably conk him in the forehead. What is going on, everybody? We are back in the lab, the podcast lab. We got David D. What up? And Anders C. In the house. (laughs) We're here. We're talking about their mule deer hunt. They got back a couple weeks ago. Just haven't had a chance to recap it and talk about their grinder of a hunt, (laughs) grinder.com. Just kidding. It was a long hunt. They, uh, They stuck it out and Anders was able to get one and then... Dave's back from elk hunting. We went out for third season, and he uh, filled his tag in the last last second of the hunt. So, yep. what is going on, gents? Not much. What's up? Glad to be here. Yep. Noise. So yeah, how's the how's the deer hunting? It seemed like from what I've I didn't have. Let's see, I had a first season elk tag, but just following along with a bunch of people's social media, it looked like um, weather wasn't optimal for rifle hunting. It was kind of warm. Uh, from most of the seasons here, at least in Colorado, and it made for some pretty tough hunting conditions. Yeah, there wasn't much snow out there. No, it was that was my first uh, second rifle hunt to have ever done, and it was a uh, pretty. I'm, I never expected to be that muddy either. That was kind of a <laughs> a mess. Oh, it's terrible out there. So uh, this is a unit that um, I discovered about two years ago. It had a, a pretty good average size buck taken off of it. Um, so I took my my niece's husband and one of his friends and uh we went last year and he shot a nice 120 ish type buck a pretty small uh four point but it was cool so we decided to go back and i i talked to anders about going um and i told him last year we froze our butts off um so this year we took we took a davis tent with a big stove yeah that was that was amazing first time that was my first time ever using one and um, it's, it's definitely like you, like we discovered, you kind of commit to an area. Um, yeah. <laughs> if, if you, uh, need to relocate, you're kind of, you have to burn a day to do it, but it was definitely, uh, like I didn't, I was thinking about last night too. I was like, I really wasn't tired physically or, uh, maybe a little mentally towards the end when not seeing anything, but it was just super cozy. I don't know. I wasn't, it wasn't like a normal backpack hunt where sometimes you kind of sleep deprived. Yeah, it was really nice to go back to camp and uh, have a warm space to to eat and go to bed, um, prep for the next day. Yeah, I think that's definitely something I've been learning over the last couple of years is um, sometimes making the sacrifices for a good night's sleep it can be pretty important. Um, we just started using those Helinox cots this year, and I think they'll probably go along with me on most of the hunts that I do, especially for, for the backpacking stuff. Just getting that good night's rest is kind of a game changer for the rest of the hunt to keep you keep you going for the whole duration. But yeah, I think uh, Anders is right about the wall tents. There, they don't go up fast or come down <laughs> fast, but they're super comfortable, especially for the late season stuff when it's when the weather can be pretty bad. It's it's nice to be able to cook in that thing and walk around and stay warm. Those wood stoves and those things burn forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was nice. I mean, it was like. Kind of windy at night, very cold, snowed on us a couple of times. Um, light snow, it just melt the next day, but you know, kept, kept us dry, warm. Um, it was a good house for the uh, the visitors. We had guests <laughs> one night, multiple <laughs> nights, multiple nights, and a uh, very nice little mouse run across my face. Uh, <laughs> 
What did you call it? You, you got teabagged by a mouse? Is that what you said? Yeah. David, yeah. David informed me that mice have giant testicles. Yeah. And he, I was just saying, you know, laughing because I'm like, I can just imagine this thing running across your face, dragging his monstrous balls <laughs> across your lip. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's literally what happened. The, the first night I thought we had like a bear or something in the trash outside. It was just kind of a weird noise, but it was, uh, there was a ma- two mice in the trash right in the tent <laughs> what is that movie uh bad boys 2 and the mice are doing it in the basement he's like mike they do it just like us man and they're like <laughs> i don't know you guys remember that no no, no oh, not shit. at all <laughs> um speaking of of nights in that tent uh the first night we got there i i heard something outside and it sounded like a whistle and uh so i'm sitting there and i wake up and i keep hearing it and it's getting closer and closer and closer. And pretty soon it turns into a bugle. And I'm like, holy shit, Anders, wake up. And I'm trying to wake him up. And I can hear a bull to my left. And then I hear a bull to my right. And I'm just like, holy cow. I can't believe they're elk bugling in what, second season? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, uh, that was pretty impressive. You know, I... I don't think I've ever, like I said, I haven't done too many elk, later season elk hunts. Usually growing up it was muzzleloader archery, but yeah, I, I was amazed. I mean, 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And how many elk did we see the next day? Uh, around 100 at least. Yeah, there's a giant herd. Um, and I think next year when we go back, uh, we'll be getting some, some elk tags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it usually seems that's like that's how it goes. You, you see the opposite species or, or the opposite gender of the animal that you're hunting. Yeah. When you're rifle hunting, and then you see them all the time. And you're like, dude, what the hell? Why didn't I grab one of these tags? Yep. Well, and it's an over, over-the-counter elk tag unit. So. Oh, really? Yeah, second season over-the-counter. Yeah. That was, uh, we didn't find that out until we uh, met the game warden. But Yeah. Yeah, um, speaking of not seeing animals or seeing them, we saw hundreds of elk. Uh, we saw maybe two forkies, uh, five or six does, and we were all over the unit. We went, uh, we talked to a CPW officer, and he's like, you need to go to the, uh, what was it, northwest side of the unit. He's like, there are more deer there, and they're more mature there. Um, it's, a, it's a harder hunt. Um, but you'll see a lot more. So we're, we're going to tear the tent down and move, but we're like, well, let's go scout it out first. It, from, you know, from Onyx, it didn't look like there were many camp spots. And it's a good thing we waited because we drove up there and there were like 15 tents in one little pullout. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. There's nowhere to set up a tent. How, how many days was that hunt? Five or was it a seven? Or was it longer? Uh, started on Saturday and we left friday the following friday but yeah a pretty long hunt yeah yeah it was like six seven days i think so we left early so i could uh come down and hang out with my girlfriend for a birthday gentlemen yeah i think that's pretty important to um i mean you guys didn't move your camps but being willing to to be mobile um on a hunt can can be the the deal breaker there i think a lot of people feel like they're married to one spot and they can't they can't leave it that's that's what I've found as far as definitely during archery season, but even the earlier rifle seasons for sure. Yeah, and that's, that's one of the things I, I learned. It took a while to learn it, but you hunt them where they are, not where you think they're where they are, you know? 
So if you're not seeing shit, get out of there, move, get around, uh, stay mobile, go check out new spots. The, there wasn't a whole lot of snow, so we couldn't, we couldn't really see like tracks and things like that. But um, we did see a lot of fresh, fresh sign all over, but we were just not seeing them because they were so pressured. But we ended up uh, <clears throat> moving around. We saw a lot of elk. Um, we found a spot, what, the third to the last day? Mm-hmm. And it was just this drainage. It was an open drainage um, with a lot of grass that they could eat and some cover. They could go into the pines. There's water. It was a perfect habitat. And there's like a, like a crossroad that went through and a lot of bucks cruising through there. You could see giant buck tracks. And we're like, we need to focus here. They're massive. Giant deer tracks. Yeah. It was just frustrating. You know, you, I don't mean, we had, had only seen those four keys. What, the second day or first day? I can't remember. Which, by the way, it took everything I had <laughs> not to shoot one. <laughs> I really didn't want to shoot a two-point, but um, meat in the freezer is always nice. Yeah. Yeah, so what, what were your tactics from the, the beginning, and then how did they change and kind of give a breakdown of... of uh, what, did you get one on the final day? Was that what it was? Yeah, we were... Uh, I think we had already kind of planned to pack up on uh, Friday and head out after the morning and just so happened to uh shoot one that morning so it changed changed things we still made it out of there that day but it was definitely a little bit later in the night mm-hmm. yeah, it was a uh, first light literally we got we got we got to the park the truck at like six our hike was maybe like 30 minutes 40 minutes then just uh popped in uh, david moved a little further up the canyon and i stayed stayed put and luckily i i was kind of worried the deer were going to come out behind me which didn't make sense at all, you know, based on the wind, but it doesn't always have to make sense, I guess. But and luckily I had practiced putting that rifle behind me and shooting. And that's literally what happened. This, heard the, I just heard the crunching snow coming down. And, and at first I just thought it was like an average four by four, like better. It was, it was the best thing we'd seen the entire time. So I was definitely going to smoke it, but um, body was just massive. <laughs> <laughs> when I, yeah. When I walked up, I was like this. Yeah. It looks like a good 140 buck. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've never taped a deer, but I'm curious now. I mean, I've never, I would say I'm more interested in elk hunting. Um, but after that, it was, uh, it's just different than all the other deer hunts I've ever done, like in Nebraska. Um, definitely have more of an itch for giant mule deer. I don't know. It, I'm, I'm looking forward to more late season rifle hunts like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, what we had kind of planned originally is there are some areas that I had seen deer the year before. We kind of focused on those areas. We'd, we'd hike up, uh, try to find a vantage point, like a high point. We'd try to glass. Um, the, the pines are way too thick, so we were glassing into the aspens, uh, usually looking for a south face. Um, deer would want to probably hang out there. <clears throat> um, we didn't see anything. <laughs> None of the glassing techniques worked. Um, so we just kind of stayed mobile, moving around. Uh, then we tried looking for fresh tracks. Then once we'd find fresh tracks, we would try to look around, uh, see if anything was nearby, and we just kept moving around. I mean, uh, area-wise, we didn't... I mean, besides that second day, we went up to the other area of the unit, but we just, I don't know, really focused on specific areas especially after that snow the snow made a huge difference i think mm-hmm. um there are some other points or other areas that 
I've seen deer. And since we were trying to film uh, kill shots and film the, the hunt, we were looking for areas that we could actually have time and, and set up and get ready for it. So we found this nice little bench. Um, and then there were a couple of dead trees that I, I ended up pushing over. And uh, just to clear it a little bit more. Mother Earth is dying, you a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, it was a perfect spot. And then uh, once we sat there, I think people saw the Kafaro truck and uh, I don't, yeah. and decided, oh, there's got to be a giant deer here. And all of a sudden, every day after that, there are people there. <laughs> sitting, sitting exactly where we were sitting. Yep. And the day that we had sat there, there was a guy that came down and that on like the next day ridge but it really wasn't a ridge hillside like, yeah like finger ridge kind of thing yeah yeah you're just sitting there in the in the wide open looking at the same hillside that we're looking at yeah what maybe two i don't know three four hundred yards maybe yeah three four hundred yards past us so it's like okay dude can you make a 600 yard shot or 800 yard shot across us yeah yeah and then those two old guys riding around in that side by side literally parked on the road above us and sat there and talked for like 30 minutes yeah. as loud as they could. Just, so, I don't yeah. know. Then the next day we went back there. Those two were, old guys were sitting in our spot. That exact same spot. And then they left early. They didn't even stick around to the yeah. very end. That was so a bit frustrating. We pulled up, we parked and uh, we didn't see a vehicle there and we start hiking down and then we see the guys there. We're like, those motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> they beat us. Like we we're like... One of the strategies when you're on public land is be there first, right? Yeah. You know, get there before the other guys. Um, but these guys were there at like noon or some shit. And we got, we got there pretty early to just kind of relax and watch this hillside because deer would feed out. But they beat us. And the day before, they were just talking super loudly and like they're in their side by side and it was running the whole time and just like they're being loud. So I was like, Anders, I'm slamming your door about 10 times. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, I don't know. I guess it's the struggle of public land hunting. Um, I mean, we weren't crazy far, which the, like we found the deer were in most cases are pretty close to the road too. Like in some cases like 10 yards off the road. Yeah. Yeah. Anywhere there's a good cover. <laughs> yeah. It seems like rifle hunting can get a little bit uh, busy in some spots, especially when you're in an OTC unit for elk. But um, yeah, it sounds like... Uh, well, when, it, when people ask us a lot of times, like Aaron and I, <clears throat> advice on second season or early season rifle hunting for deer, it's, I, I definitely let them know it, it can be frustrating because it's a lot like archery hunting, but you can't glass them up as easily. So, it, you know, you're going to be glassing them up when they're feeding in the mornings or in the evenings and possibly midday if they get up to pee and feed a little bit and then they bed back down. But mm -hmm. like in your guys' case, they're bedding in the pine. So it is super difficult to, to glass them up. So unless you're Unless you're hunting like a, a cool burn unit or something like that where you can glass them up um, a little bit easier, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a bit of a grind to get eyes on some deer, but at least you guys were, were able to uh, follow some tracks and kind of get an idea of, of where they might be. But um, yeah, as far as uh, hunting pressure, man, Colorado seems to be getting a little bit interesting with, <laughs> yeah. with hunting pressure, especially with all the OTC stuff going on. and. I always wonder if it's like that during archery season, except for you're just not seeing the, the people out there because, you know, it's like full camo versus yeah. people wearing orange. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, think, I think we were talking about this during your elk hunt, like the, the ethics and morals of some rifle hunters versus archery hunters. Seems like, uh, you know, personally, if I see a, a trailhead bullet 
vehicles. I might go check out another spot. I might not be one extra vehicle at, at that trail or one extra guy on that hillside, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I think it'd be a little bit interesting during rifle season. The Orange Army is what I like to call it, or what did you call it? The pumpkin patch? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I still, I still remember my first rifle hunt when I was younger and uh, it was just, it was different. I'd never seen that many like guys at a trailhead and just slamming doors. I was, it just blew my mind. Yeah. But I don't know. I guess that's rifle. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of seeing that many guys and, and crazy stuff happening, uh, I just got back from a cow hunt and I had uh, two of the guys from the shop with me and uh, neither has killed a big game animal. So we were just like really trying to get them their first animals. Uh, before I met up with them, Luke was out. Uh, Luke Burns was out uh, driving around looking for, for elk. And one morning he, he ran into a cow on the hillside and I guess there were like three trucks full of guys like chasing it down, like trying to catch it. Leave it. Sounds like uh, antelope hunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I talked about this before. That's one of the reasons why I started archery back when it, my earlier 20s or maybe when I was like late teens. We, I went on an antelope hunt with my dad and my brother. There was, there was a herd of antelope out in, this, out in the prairie and there were just like dudes off-roading it just straight like Jurassic Park fucking <laughs> they jump out <laughs> jump out shoot at them get back in the truck and just chase them down again it was pretty shitty so I was like man I'm done with rifle hunting for a while but yeah I don't know I, I like it I like it again yeah. I just like guns yeah yeah I'm a gun whore I like but, to shoot far it's it's nice to have a weapon where you're like hey I see something I can shoot it yeah well especially after archery season you get the, all those the frustrations of man if I had a rifle in my hand that deer elk would be dead right now so mm-hmm. it's a bit of a retaliation season yeah like revenge we talked the entire time like we we didn't want to shoot something like we didn't want to like purposely shoot something really far but we wanted to have the ability to like set up especially with these uh, these rifles you know i always got the viking arm david's got the i think christensen arm yep and uh we just wanted that i've never you know, all of my shots have been really close similar to the one i had at 60 yards this year but I just really want an opportunity where I can have the time to like set up and get comfortable and then one from a bit of a distance, I guess, or mm-hmm. not in that case, I guess, but I don't know. I just, I, I want that. I wanted that experience. I guess maybe I'll get to this year with our doe hunt, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, it's, it's a cool feeling to, to see something lay down, set up, pull the trigger, you hear the boom and then the thwap. And you see it go down. That's that's really cool. I've never shot anything far until this year, and this year I shot that um, caribou at like 450, I think. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. It's just nice having the confidence in your equipment to to know you're able to make those shots. And I I think I read somewhere a while back that like average rifle kills are in like 100 to 150 yards, but on occasion you do get the the opportunity at those long shots, which is it's nice when you you have that confidence to send it mm-hmm. if yeah. you need to, but <clears throat> that's, a, that's a whole nother story with some people you know that they, th- they say it's unethical yeah i don't yeah. know <laughs> I, I make i've i've always like tried to get close i guess or you know even with rifle like being stable but i think this this between that hunt the rifle hunt and then just the time we spend the range and these rifles it's, it blows my mind like I, I thought my max range before with my rifle you know i thought it was a really nice like 
Baco 7 mag with a Leopold, which I thought was a super nice scope. Going to these rifles with like, you know, the, the VX, I think it's five, right? Mark five. Mark five. Yeah. Yep. It's, I was, I was blown away like at what you can do with these. And, and it's, I don't feel uncomfortable at all. I actually feel way more comfortable with these rifles than I did before with any other rifle. I don't know. Yeah. This is the first year I've shot past 300 yards, 400 yards. And, uh, I've got, I just got that, uh, Christensen NPR and you guys are shooting the Viking, um, Viking armament guns with a loophole Mark fives and, and man, my, my confidence in my shot has just like blown up. I mean, just last week I shot at a rock at 950 yards and drilled it. Like, I mean, if you can hit, you know, a, a two by two rock, two foot by two foot rock at a thousand yards that you're doing pretty well. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, it just, it was insane. I've, I've never had that, you know, especially the silencers too. It's my first uh, hunt using a silencer or suppressor. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like everyone should have one. It's like it, it made the shot way more comfortable. Being able to like see your bullet actually fly through the, you know, the scope was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, and not blowing my eardrum out. Uh, my first hunt with uh, Alex, the antelope, I uh, shot that antelope at like mm -hmm. 250 and uh without the suppressor and uh that was the first time I, i've ever uh i don't know what happened but my ear hurt for like <laughs> two weeks <laughs> shooting with a muzzle brake will do that muzzle brakes yeah yes yeah, so we're we were shooting those suppressors they're uh silencer co omega 300s and uh man it, it's a game changer like when when andre shot his buck i heard the shot but it sounded like it was half mile away and he's only like maybe 500 yards or you know, probably less than that. And it sounded like, you know, a very distant shot and it was, it was so quiet. It didn't, it, you know, if, if something was still to come by me, it probably wouldn't have disrupted it. But, um, I had one of those last year on our doe hunt in Nebraska as well. And I had it on my 223 and I shot, I shot a doe and, uh, the, the rest of the herd stood up, but didn't know where the shot came from. They didn't know what was going on. And then as soon as you shot with, uh, with, a non-suppressed gun oh. everything bolted um come on america we're uh, we're behind the times europe is is like you can't shoot guns without suppressors because uh, you'll go deaf right <laughs> yeah the laws are weird though because like in the uk you can't like mr g was saying you can't bow hunt there yeah that's yeah. weird but you can shoot shit with a rifle and a suppressor yeah yeah i don't know the laws are weird but yeah to your point uh, shooting suppressed it's it's hard to go back um, yep. i don't always do it but like especially predator hunting there's a lot of opportunities that you get shooting, you shoot one coyote suppressed, they don't necessarily hear the shot and I get a double or a triple out of it. So mm -hmm. it's awesome. And for sure, definitely the, just the hearing portion of that as well. Yeah. And Brady, you remember Brady on the goat hunt? <laughs> yeah. We'll have to talk about like that. Some, yeah. We'll have to talk about that at some point. I think he, that was the first, it might've been the first day he took a couple of shots and he didn't get that goat. Um, he was like shell shocked. He was like <laughs> holding his ear. He was like yeah. fucking Tom Hanks and saving private Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> he was like walking around like, what's wrong Brady? And he's like, I can't hear anything. What? <laughs> yeah. That was weird. That, and I've shot guns that are ported before and, uh, never had an issue or to that extent. But I remember driving home after shooting the antelope and turning the radio on and my eardrum was just like ringing to the point where it hurt to listen to music. <laughs> I was like, this sucks. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but like growing up, we hunted a lot of small game with shotguns, and uh, 
never wore no. ear protection. No. Probably why I can't hear shit anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah. I can't hear anything. Yeah, yeah, we duck hunted, shot pheasants, everything, and you, you just never wore earplugs or hearing protection. Even when you're out shooting, practice shooting, like shooting yeah. skeet or whatever. Yeah. You don't uh, wear protection when you shoot skeet? <laughs> I, I just don't wear protection. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Takes away all the feeling. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I've, I've noticed that too. Like uh, any place where, like I say, we go out downtown or something like that with some friends and having a conversation, I always find myself leaning with my left ear to listen. <laughs> and then I, I don't know, I just do it subconsciously, I guess. But yeah. I, yeah. I don't know. It was, it's weird growing Like you didn't want to be, you didn't want to wear the protection. I don't know. You didn't feel like you were less of a hunter. have the option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it was, no one ever said like, hey, put these earplugs in. We're going to go and shoot. Yeah. Like, I don't know when that started. It was like seatbelts, you know, back in yeah. the day. Not, no one wore seatbelts and they fought it when, when it became a law. Yeah. It's like, it's like, I don't know. The way I looked at it is you weren't going to hear people call the shot. You know what I'm saying? Or you're going to hear it, but then shoot and then can't hear anything afterwards <laughs> yeah they also didn't really have a lot of electronic ear pros back in the day anyway yeah, so yeah. now with that that option you can still hear your buddies talking and then down once you shoot but yeah it's a good point i went out my girlfriend's uh friends came and visited and we like went to a bar downtown and it was like super loud in the bar and then they're like talking to me yeah i always have trouble hearing when there's like background noise and some someone's talking they're like talking to me and i'm just like <laughs> nodding just my nod. head smiling and they're like they told her like oh frank's so nice like i couldn't hear fucking anything you were they were saying i was yeah. just nodding and saying yes yeah so you have a micro penis <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah i do yeah <laughs> oh. oh i do that all the time too i'm like shit i can't hear anything you're saying yeah well joy of being a hunter i guess yeah smile yeah. and nod smile <laughs> and nod <laughs> So, so uh, yeah, so you got the deer on the last day. So what, what ended up happening? You guys split up on the last day, went to a spot where you thought they might be, and what happened from there? Yeah, I just uh, and got set up. Um, we hiked in there and threw the parka pants on and the jacket, and then I also had a whoopee, which I still, I mean, everything that I had to park on, I, couldn't, I could still feel, but I was cold. But my, like my toes and fingers, done. <laughs> yep, <laughs> done. But uh, got set up and uh, right at first light, just heard the crunching snow coming down behind me and turned around. This buck was coming right out of the pines, I think just to come down. I think he was going to go down to water, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then uh, rolled the rifle around and shot him. I was just, I don't know, I was cold and I didn't want to screw things up for David too. I really wanted David to shoot one. Never shot a deer in Colorado yet, so. Um, it was kind of more, and I got invited on the hunt too, so I didn't really want to like shoot something without him <laughs> getting an opportunity first. And um, but yeah, I smacked that deer, and I just kind of sat there. I didn't want to make too much noise or get up and go check it out because there was still deer even after I shot, um, maybe twenty yards still in the trees. I we heard them all, the entire time, even cutting up my mm-hmm. my my buck. Um, it was they were still in there, so I don't know. It was a uh, it was a surprise, you know. Uh, worked out last day i mean like the day before we were i would say we were both pretty mentally down <laughs> yeah after you know six days of hiking and not not seeing anything but two spikes and five does um was a bit frustrating and we kind of been all over the mountain in that area and we just weren't seeing anything the, the thing was we weren't even seeing anything moving um 
Yeah, and it was a full moon too, so they're moving at night. Yeah. Full moon, full moon and it was warm during the day. Yep. Yeah. It was really warm. Not a lot of and reason for him to be moving around. A ton of pressure. Um, so once we discovered this little draw, um, we saw giant deer tracks going through and we're just like, holy crap, we got we to gotta catch and cut one of these bucks off. So we focused our efforts there in the morning and then in the evenings we would kind of move around to other spots just because in the morning the scent's coming down and we would enter the draw from the bottom going up. <clears throat> and then in the afternoon we didn't want our scent blowing around so we would just go to a different area. Um, but yeah, we'd been kind of focusing there and splitting up just because you've got two, two shooters and, you know, why have two shooters in one spot when you could split up and double your chances, you know, right. of shooting mm -hmm. animals. So we split up into two areas that had a lot of really good traffic going through. Um, <clears throat> and I remember freezing my ass off. I was sitting <laughs> there. I had, uh, my parka on my lost parka in my puffy pants, uh, mittens. And I'm just laying there on the, on the snow thinking, man, my feet are freezing. They like, you'd sit there for 10 minutes and they'd go numb. So I'm wiggling my toes the whole time. And I lost feeling after, you know, maybe an hour or two, but, um, I'm sitting there the, the day before Andre shot his, his buck and I hear something coming down and I'm like, here we go. This is perfect. I'm sitting under a pine tree. <clears throat> I've got my gun laid out on top of my pack. There's an animal coming down, so I, I expected them to come off of the hill to my left, come out of the trees, feed in the grass, and then drop down and then go up to my right into the pines. And I'm sitting there and I hear something coming down. I'm like, oh shit, here we go. It's like a 250-yard shot, and all of a sudden it pops out and it's a cow moose. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? This is the first moose I think I've seen in Colorado since moving here. And I'm just like, wow, this is cool. So I filmed it with my phone and then I heard something else up there and it never came down. Um, I don't know what it was. Uh, but the next day I'm like, okay, this is the day it's going to happen. And I could hear stuff moving around, but it was just nothing came down. And then I heard a gunshot and I was like, oh shit, Andre's <laughs> just, he just shot a buck. And it took everything I had not to go down and, and check it out just because I, you know, I want to see, I want to see this deer. I, I don't know what they look like anymore. <laughs> yeah. I was going to try and punk you and <laughs> didn't tell you I, I missed, but <laughs> fortunately, uh, David had good eyes and, uh, picked him up. So, yeah. So I, I waited, uh, I'm like, um, we're going to meet at 11. You're going to come up to me at 11 and then we're going to walk up and go through this, uh, this Aspen flat up above me. And I think that's where the, the bucks were betting. But, um, he shoots, what was it, about 8 o'clock? It was, it was like maybe 30 minutes after first light. Yeah. Like 7.30 or 8, something like that. And I'm like, okay, 10 o'clock, I'm going to go down to Anders because he's got a deer. We've got to get some, some video footage. We've got we've to get some photos, and we've got to pack this thing out and then go tear down camp. So I'm sitting there, and I check my phone again. 10 minutes had passed. I'm like, okay, 9.30. I'm going to head down to Anders <laughs> and then 10 minutes passes and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going. <laughs> so I just, I would start walking down. I pack up and walk down and I get, I get closer and I'm scanning the area. I look above him, nothing. I look below him, nothing. And I look at him and he's just sitting there in his whoopee wrapped up smiling and he just waves to me. 
<laughs> I'm like, where the hell's the deer? And I get maybe 50 yards from him. I look down and I'm like, oh, there's a buck. Oh, cool. You know, it looks like a, a nice 140-ish type four point or something like that, like 140 or so. Um, so I walk over, we're talking, we're, you know, going through like what happened, where it came from. And I'm like, dude, you haven't checked this thing out. How are you, how, how can you like control that? Like I would, I would just run down there and look at it right away. Um, of course it was quartering two. you made a perfect shot. Um, and it wasn't what, 70 yards. Yeah. Maybe 50, 60, 70, 50. Yeah. It was, it was close. I mean, you probably shoot from the hip at that point, but so you made a perfect shot. We walk over and, uh. I'm still thinking, you know, okay, maybe it's 150, you know, and then he picks the head up and I'm like, holy shit, that is a big deer. The body was gigantic. Yeah. I, donkey, man. I don't even know. I like sent it to my dad and he said, go to a few other people and they're like, oh, that's like an average, like 140. And my dad's like, no, no, no. Body is massive. He's like, my son is fucking 6'10". <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So normally Anders would dwarf a deer um but this thing was this uh, this is probably the biggest bodied buck i've ever seen and his body dwarfed the antlers and once he pulled it out of the snow and you could see the, the back forks they're massive and i'm like okay this i think this is like a 160 buck and the more we looked at it and when we're cutting it up i'm like dude this has got to this has got to be in the 170 range it's huge yeah, super nice buck. Yeah, when I saw it in person when you had it in office, I was like, damn, dude. The pictures didn't do that thing justice. No, not at all. I mean, the neck was so swollen. It, it made his like mouth and nose, like his snout, look short. That's crazy. That was another thing, too, I noticed. Almost like a, uh, a euro mount on it, too. And like that, that nasal cavity of it, too, was almost like pushed over. Um, like, oh, like a deviated septum yeah, you're saying when yeah, we were looking at it. Yeah. I've never seen that before. I was that was insane. But yeah, I don't know. It was it was it was awesome. Um I wonder if he had sleep apnea. Yeah. <laughs> CWD. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's I was what I was amazed with it too was um the suppressor was huge, but you know, I was really worried getting a close shot with that scope. Um is it you know, as I'm across here it has describe it as like a the so those crosshairs on those they're super thin yeah. very fine it's a first focal plane scope so yeah they're kind of more geared to shooting longer range with it with it zoomed in but on that first focal plane that when you're like at what are those like a five to 25 when you're on five power that the reticle is very very thin I, w I was just i was you know concerned that i was gonna have a struggle trying to like see it but it even i didn't even cross me when i was came to it I was surprised and then it's stoned like that deer just dropped where he was um i'm not sure if it was the placement of the shot or what it was but well especially for what i think six five six five prc yeah. yeah yeah so i think it was quarter two pretty steep and you hit him in the chest uh right kind of in the armpit almost uh chest area and then it came out behind the shoulder on the offside or was it right yep. through the shoulder um but, just missed it i think yep so it we didn't we didn't open up the carcass, but it was probably a hard shot. Yeah, it was it was just I was you know, shocked. I guess it all came together after all those days. So yeah, but I guess I don't know that's hunting. You know, after or before that happened, I was to the point where I'm questioning 
my, <laughs> first of all, my sanity, like, what are we doing? This is so damn cold. Um, during the, during the morning and evening, it was so cold. It was like zero. And then during the day, it would be like 60. Yeah. It was just, it would get so hot. And I'm like, okay, uh, first of all, we're sitting out here freezing our butts off in the mornings. Second of all, are we even in the right areas? I've seen deer be here before. Um, are they still here? Did they migrate out? Was there a heavy snowstorm? Uh, do I know what I'm doing trying to find deer? Like you start really questioning your, your skills as a hunter. And uh, once, once I heard that gunshot, I was like, okay, I think <laughs> we know what we're doing. <laughs> Just took a couple days. Yes. Yeah. A few. Well, and I think, I think um, we're in the right spots. We were just, it was either too thick or we had missed them. You know, they'd already bedded or something. Um, but this spot, like, you know, there are numerous, numerous big bucks in the area traveling. You could see them, the tracks that are cruising morning and evening. And uh, I definitely want to go back. Oh. I really want to go back to that same spot. And I think if we focus there, we'd probably shoot another monster. Yeah, I think literally the Saturday I back, or we got back Friday, Saturday, I was like, I was already looking at that area again, just like on Onyx. I aired this on. <laughs> I didn't even save my Onyx. <laughs> what else did I forget? <laughs> you forgot your phone a few times. Yeah, I forgot um, my phone. Yeah, that was. A, uh, what else? I, yeah, I, you didn't download your maps. Yeah, I didn't download my maps. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I mean, I think it's one of those things. I have horrible ADD. I'm like, I'm always like, people are always trying to find me in the building and I never have my phone on me. I'm always setting my stuff down, but it's funny. Like, I feel like I get pre-prepared. Like I always think of everything and make a list for hunting. I always forget like one thing and it was the maps. I didn't realize that until we were out of service. <laughs> and then the day we did get service, I forgot my phone at camp. So this is what it is, I guess. But yeah. And I think we got good karma on that hunt too. Oh um, yeah. Remember that guy we were, we we're driving down the hill, um, on the second or third day we're headed back to camp and we came after scouting this other area we're just we're just driving down and we see this truck driving up and it's smoking and the guy turns around right behind us or right in front of us and i'm like dude we need to stop and so we pull over and uh this guy's like he's sitting there he pops his hood we walk over and uh you know is his truck is smoking and i'm like i'm like either your thermostat's gone uh or your radiator you know one of your hoses is like leaking and we're looking around and he's like oh there it is there's a little y splitter coming off the hose and it and it cracked it was a plastic y splitter on his like chevy or something <clears throat> so he's leaking antifreeze it's spraying all over trucks overheating and i'm looking He's like, it's right here. And I'm, I'm looking and I'm like, is your truck running? And the guy's <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, dude, you need to shut this shit off right now. Yeah. This thing's going to, you're going to crack your block. You're, you have no antifreeze. Uh, you know, your coolant's spraying all over. Uh, you're going to seize up the engine and it's going to be bad. So finally he shuts it off and I'm like, I'm like, okay, we, we don't have service. <laughs> We're in the middle of nowhere. I'm like, do you have a tow strap? And he's like, yeah, why? And I'm like, well, we can, we can tow you into town. <clears throat> He's like, oh, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm like, dude, your truck is fucked. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't, you can't drive this thing. First um, of all, it's a Chevy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, and then, uh, so he's like, oh, well, no, I should be fine. I'm like, no, get your tow strap. So he gets it out 
and uh, the guy has never been towed. In Anders, you're driving, and you have never towed someone. Tell oh. us about that. Yeah, I was a little worried. I, uh, <laughs> at first, I looked at you, and I, I was like, and check and see if you've ever towed someone. I don't know. I, just, I didn't want to screw anything up, you know? I've never towed anyone, but I have been towed. Yeah. I, uh, the little jerky. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> I was, I hate, like, use the word, like, but once we were done towing him, I was, like, kind of shell-shocked. Like, I didn't want to hit the gas too hard because <laughs> I was worried I was going to get yanked backwards. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot to learn there, I guess. But yeah, we, uh, it was, I don't know, 20, 30-minute drive getting yanked around, but yep. we made it. It and everything was fine. So, yep. Uh, just a little tip: keep tension on the line. <laughs> uh, the guy getting towed should have, you know, kept kept his foot on the brake. Keep tension on the line. Um, Mind you, it was dark too. So it was dark. Yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to see, but yeah, whatever. But we yeah. we safely delivered him to a parking <laughs> lot in between two auto parts stores, and he went in, and they had his part. Yeah. Luckily, Lucky. yeah. So he was he was out bear hunting. So he he I think he had that part fixed and antifreeze back in his truck within forty five minutes and was driving back up the hill. We we left to go get food and then head back to camp and sleep. So good karma. Yeah. Uh, if you guys come across someone, help them out. The hunting community is small. Yeah. Um, be good to each other. That was deep. <laughs> so uh so you guys got back from from hunting you took a, a couple of days off for um your girlfriend's birthday and you had a very busy week back there was a pile of things for you to photo uh, when you got back and then a few a few days later uh elk hunting started but the thing is um chad uh chad shumway aaron's business partner and uh, here at kafaru had two tags a deer tag and a um, elk tag he f- had f- forgot that he already had an archery elk tag in Colorado. So um, I think I, t- I messaged you and I was like, yo, Chad's not able to hunt for this elk. You should turn in your elk tag that you already had and get this elk tag. It's a, it's a better tag. Mm-hmm. Um, Way better tag. So you, you ended up doing that and getting the tag. And what our plan was is uh, we were going to hunt for a couple of days. Then once Chad showed up, we were going to hunt with him as well. So. Yeah, we, we got out there opening morning. We went to a spot that uh, Aaron kind of dialed us into. I shot an elk there a couple of years prior. We, me, you, and Tomas hiked in, and uh, we saw a lot of sign, but we didn't see a damn thing. Yeah, and, and the, wind was, the wind wasn't great, so we were walking in, and I think we got winded. We could hear something running into the trees as soon as we were like coming around a corner. <clears throat> but we found a, a nice high point to shoot from and sat up there and kind of kind of watched and nothing came out um that's kind of the story for the whole season is like (laughs) just not seeing shit and that's what i've been hearing from everybody but um yeah but the next day the next day was amazing so i'm like you know i i I had something coming up so i had to like leave early that day to go hang out with my girlfriend and her friends for a thanksgiving get together I was like, let's go to this other spot that's closer to town um, and check that out. And Frank's like, yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. Uh, so we're driving up and we saw that trailhead had, what, seven cars, seven trucks there? Yeah, so we, we decided to go to a different spot um, that was kind of better for both. The first day, the spot was good for elk, but not good for deer. Second day, it was kind of more of a deer spot. We wanted to scout a little bit for Chad when he was going to show up. And then also 
it was a little bit more convenient to get back mm-hmm. um, for what you had planned. So there was a trailhead we were going to check out because I think the year before we went there for archery with Amy and Aaron and we saw a big herd of elk there yeah. and a few deer. And we, we get to the trailhead and it's still, it's early. I mean, it's, we weren't late or anything. And uh, there were like six cars already there. <laughs> we're like, oh my God, dude, what the hell? <laughs> so we decided to go further down the road to a spot that we knew of that wasn't, it wasn't a trail. You just kind of park off the side of the road and hike up. Uh, yeah, no one, no one is there. No one is there. Not a soul. Uh, no trucks around. And we hike up. And uh, right before this happens, uh, we get just about to the top. And I think Frank turns and looks at Tomas and says, I don't think we're going to see a single elk up here. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's like, it's, it's a weird area. It's not very elky, I guess you'd call it. it. There are always a lot of deer there, but on occasion you'll see some elk, but not very often. Yeah, so I turned to Boston, I'm like, dude, we're not going to see any fucking elk here. <laughs> I, I always think it's funny how many people just go to a trailhead versus a pullout. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I've always What's had better luck. Uh, I've always had better luck <laughs> pulling around to a different area. So. Well, that's what we talked about. We talked about that a lot. Like uh, growing up, I never hunted from trailheads. We'd just pull off on, in, on national forest roads and hike around on ridges and shit. Like we never went on trails. Yep. Yeah, so once we once we parked and we're hiking up, um, we come over this hill and it's just just barely light enough to see. And Frank's like, "Oh, there's an elk," and uh, I'm scrambling to grab my binos and look at it. I think like, you guys thought I was bullshitting. <laughs> I'm like, "Dude, elk, elk!" And you guys are like, standing there. I'm like, "Motherfuckers, there's an elk right there." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I pulled out my binos and I'm like, "Oh, it's a bull." And uh, Frank's like, "Let's go." Let's get closer. And I'm like, nah, I'm like, he looks pretty small. Like, looks like a young body. And I, I couldn't see. So I'm like, let me pull up my spotter. He's like, let's just go. I'm like, let me pull up my spotter. I pull up my spotter and I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's a monster bull. The biggest bull I've seen on the hoof. I would say between, well, at first I was like, easy 340, perfect six point, not broken off, um, big backs. And then as I'm sitting there looking more and more, I'm like, he might even go 360. That's a big bull. And once we were like, oh, f- we got to get this thing. It's like 1,200 yards. 1,200 yards. 1,257. 1,257. And I mean, yeah, it's a long shot, especially for an elk. But um, so we, we just run. And I mean, when I, when I say run, like I ran like hell. So I think when uh, Aaron, Aaron was here and I think you and Owen were on, or I can't remember, but. Aaron gave you a three out of 10 on your fitness. <laughs> Dave, went, Dave went from three out of 10 to like 12 out of 10 on his fitness. Me and Tom, like he, you busted, you, you put your spot away, you got your camera out and then he just takes off. Me and Tomas look at each other like, damn, I didn't know, I didn't know Dave could move that fast. <laughs> got that baby uh, mama or, or uh, what do they call that? Women that have like the get, get kids like have super strength. Yeah. Oh, like when, you're, when your kid's in danger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like lift a train or lift a car oh shit it. i could have lifted a truck for that for that <laughs> yeah. elk um so i yeah i just i i'm running as fast as i can and uh i drop my pack halfway there and we start climbing this hill <clears throat> yeah so basically we had to cross we had to drop into a little drainage <clears throat> i don't know how far maybe 100 200 feet run kind of at a lower elevation then climb back up to get a shot and that would have put us at what 600 years. We were basically cutting it in half. Yep. Yep. That would have been perfect. 
And the bull, when we'd spotted it, was just, just kind of slowly meandering, just me feeding, you know. But as we got closer, he starts moving more quickly, and he's, he's beelining straight for the pines. And uh, we get there and setting everything down and getting ready, and I'm looking over where he was, and Frank's like, he's right here, he's right here. And I'm like, where? And I can't, I never saw him again. And apparently, there's about four seconds where he was just about to disappear behind this big rock. It's kind of like a, a rocky kind of point. And then from there, he would just disappear into the pines and we never saw him again. But um, I mean, I, if I was faster or if I had seen it right away, I probably could have gotten a shot off. Yeah, it was just one of those crabby situations where the weather was super warm. It was, it was crazy. It was like, I don't know, in the, it, when it was dark in the morning, it was probably 50 in the 50s. Yeah, so it was that, way too warm. I think that elk was feeding all night long when it was cool. And then he, as soon as the sun came up, he was beelining it for the, for the pines. So. Yeah, that that situation was was cool, but Dave didn't get a shot, and it kind of screwed us in a sense for the rest of the hunt because we like we saw this monster bull and we did not want to give up on it. Mm-hmm. So we decided it was going to be hot that day. I think it was like going to be in the seventies that day or something crazy. Um, Dave had plans for the rest of the day, so we decided to head back to back to town, and then we'd hit it hard first thing in the morning. Same plan, mm-hmm. and uh, for whatever reason, that next morning there were like fucking four or five different vehicles so happened to be parked right by where we not necessarily where we parked i think actually though there were two where we parked that previous morning and there were some further down the road so we we decided to to cruise up the road a little bit coming from a different angle we still got there early but well ahead ahead of uh first light Mm -hmm. and we're like thinking the elk's gonna do the same thing he's gonna be out feeding during the night coming back into the pines in the morning as soon as the light starts popping up what do we see? Guys everywhere. <laughs> we see there's two dudes standing right where the elk had went in that previous morning. Yeah. They, they were walking up a ridge, and if you can imagine, say the ridge is north and south, north being up, <clears throat> the wind was blowing out of the east, west, so it was blowing straight into where the elk would have been yep. feeding. So at that point, we realized that we were screwed. Yep. Why, why in the world would someone go to the top and look down when your thermals and your scent is going down? I, so, I, yeah, we were guessing they might have been new to the area or could have been new to hunting in general, but there were there was two really good spots where you could hike up and glass the entire area where you weren't blowing stuff out the whole way up. But, yeah, the route they took to, to glass that, that morning, I don't even think they were elk hunting. I think they were deer hunting. I just think it's yeah. one of those things where like in our case where people see our truck or your truck then they just assume like oh it must be good so they're gonna, <laughs> so they're gonna go there yeah. well and they have they have no idea what the area is like so they just burn like they'll just screw up an entire area just meandering around essentially yeah that could have been aaron mentioned that he's like well whose truck are you guys in like in the taco and he's like oh you guys <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, damn it so yeah we uh wasted a, a day there again I'm not sure what we did the re- the second half of the day, but yeah, we glassed. I mean, we were seeing deer all over the place, but we didn't see elk again for quite a while. And uh, that spot ended up just being shit for the rest, of the rest of the hunt. There were guys yeah. everywhere. We ended up um, taking this like 10, 15 mile uh, road around the backside of this ridge to see if that elk had popped over the other side. And we got over there and we were like, oh, dude, this looks amazing. 
and we glass. First thing, Dave pulls up the binos. He's like, I want to look in this patch of pines on this point. Fucking dude, a dude's right there. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> he you can't get away from he him. He popped over the top from the other side. Yeah. And we're like, oh my God, we, we literally couldn't get away. I mean, sometimes that's just how it goes with hunting and rifle hunting for sure. But mm-hmm. in, it's public land. It's not like we, it's only there for us. Yeah. And, right. and that day we were sitting there watching that guy. We only, we, we saw some fresh elk tracks. So there were like two or three elk um, up on top where we were. And we could hear him walking around. Um, but then we heard, started hearing gunshots and ran into a friend that was it the next day or two days later. And the, and the guy was saying like exactly right where that elk was. Someone hiked up with a bunch of guns and, and ammo and shot hundreds of rounds. Like why, why would you? hundreds. Like it was, it sounded like we thought they were shooting at a, at a gun range. Yeah. yeah. I was like, there, oh, there must be a gun range nearby, but why would someone park and then hike half a mile with their, all of their stuff and then go and shoot? Yeah. It was strange. Yeah. yeah I was wondering if someone was doing that deliberately. Yeah. I, I, I was I like, bet. I bet they have a third season rifle elk tag or a deer tag and they're just trying to spook everything out. So they are gone for the next week, but then come back. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. Very bizarre, for sure. So, yeah, from there on, we kind of hunted that area a bit, moved around close by, and uh, yeah, that, that's just seeing that, that big elk, it was hard to, to give up on it and, and stop hunting um, that particular animal because it, it was just a beast. And then plus we were trying to get eyes on deer as well because Chad was coming in at some point. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't I can't remember what morning it was, but Chad, Chad was supposed to hunt with us one morning and he ended up getting sick and uh, not being able to make it that, <laughs> that morning. Yeah. 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 He was, he was delirious um, from sleep, sleep deprivation and texting us and it didn't make any sense. And so we sat and waited for him for like yeah, we an were, hour. We waited for him for like an hour. We're like, hey, finally we're like, hey, are you coming? He's like, no, I'm not going to make it. We're like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So we ended up hunting that same deer, deer, more geared towards deer area. Yeah. Um, that day and then second to last day was it second to last day I think it was we ended up going back to the first area we were because Chad said he was gonna he was cool to hunt by himself and Aaron sent him some uh, like whatever waypoints to, to hunt but you, me and you went back to uh, where we hunted the first day um, just because there was a ton more elk sign there yep and we found a lot of tracks and we knew the elk were there but the weather was kind of weird um, but that first day we went back, it was frigidly cold. It was like negative five, negative six in the morning. And, uh, we suffered there a little bit. <laughs> it was cold, dude. It was like, it was crazy cold. Uh, we didn't end up seeing anything after all. No. We, we found a couple of spots where there were like, like cattle pond kind of thing, not uh water trough. Mm-hmm. And there were fresh tracks all over next to them. And uh, it looked like the creeks were all frozen because it was so cold and the mo- water was moving so, so slowly. So we, we set up, we found a little ground blind that somebody had built and we just sat and watched uh, this little cattle trough and uh, didn't see anything. Yeah, didn't see anything. We were kind of mm-hmm. limited because all we would, could see was just those two cattle troughs and it was kind of like a, a, a valley, but it wasn't very wide. Um, so the next morning we went back, but there was a, a big rock point that you'd have to climb up to. It was probably a hundred, 200 feet climb. And we got up there and we're like, oh my God, why haven't we been sitting here this entire week of hunting? Because you could see for miles yep. in every direction, pretty much. Yeah. And so you could see all these different <clears throat> little grassy parks with 
pines in between and we were like this is this place to be and so it came down to the wire it was the last day last day and we're sitting up there <clears throat> um i don't know it was probably mid-morning um we're just hanging out we're like we were probably doubting ourselves too we're like, dude i don't <laughs> think we're i don't think we're gonna see anything it's the last yeah. day i think we, uh, we facetimed uh, luke uh gladiators unleashed luke and he was like he's like you guys you guys will see something just stay up there and like Five minutes later, we're just sitting there eating snacks. I'm like, "Did you hear that?" And you're like, I'm "Like, dude, I could have swore I heard a bugle. Like, that couldn't be a bugle. It's it's third season. It's late." Yeah, and it was like 10:30 in the morning or something too. Yeah, right? it was like super late. And then I hear it again, and it's not like a regular bugle. It's like a elongated cow call almost. Mm-hmm. And um, start glassing. I'm like, "Oh shit!" There's just like five, ten elk in this little opening, moving up the ridge straight towards us, and. um so we like grab our gear, haul ass to the other end of the point where we could see better. And Dave starts cow calling and these elk just start coming closer and closer and closer. And, and it's windy up there, but Dave's got a pretty solid spot. And then you just keep call, cow calling and we're like, yeah. all right, we think these elk are going to come out right in this opening. It's, it's the weirdest thing. Um, third season, what is it? Sometime in November and you cow call and you get a bugle response and these and so we, we watched and there were like five or six, uh, five or six elk. And then all of a sudden, like it turns into more, it turns into a, a very big group, like 20 elk. And there were at least two bulls in that group. Um, we ended up calling them <clears throat> and I, I had my, uh, my proof, uh, uh, glacier, uh, rifle and it had that Mark five, five, you know, five to 25 on it. Um, and, uh. Oh yeah, you just, just so happened to switch up the rifle to switch yeah. up the luck. Well, and, and the funny thing is like <clears> the season, um, anytime I take my, my other gun, I just wouldn't, wouldn't see anything or get, or get a shot. And, uh, you know, I was like, oh, this proof is, is a killer. I killed my caribou with it. Um, uh, first time I carried it. And then, uh, I was like, well, we'll give it a shot on the last day, but we get to the spot and these, these two bulls are coming in. And we had pre-ranged everything and I looked at my dope chart, got everything figured out. And, uh, I'm like, here, here they come. And Frank's filming. And, um, <clears throat> I was like, okay, this bull's going to come out into this opening in, in just a few seconds. So are you ready? And he's like, yeah, I'm ready. And it steps out into this opening and I pull the trigger and nothing. <laughs> oh. I was like, shit, I, I had everything oh. ready. I had the scope zoomed in. I had, you know, I had, uh, uh, one in the chamber but I forgot to take the safety off and Frank looks at me he's like you just jerked so hard dude I was like I was, I was filming and I'm like watching him out of the corner of my eye and I see him pull the trigger nothing happens and I'm just like <laughs> I'm just fucking giggling I'm, I'm just, I get so worked up when I'm hunting too like I'm just like oh my god I'm frantic you know and I'm like oh shit and I throw it off safety and I'm like okay they're gonna come out into the next opening um, are you ready and he's like yeah and I'm like here it comes it's popping out and it was like what 550 550 yeah, yards something like that yeah and the wind is blowing sideways it's like it's blowing really hard and i i remember holding a little bit but not much um just because i had used my kestrel just before just before that and the wind was blowing in our faces so it it didn't read the left to right and the spot where we're at we're up on a high point so the wind's switching it's coming at us and then it's going to the left and it's going to the right but down in that uh canyon shooting across this canyon uh, it's blowing predominantly to the right and, uh, that bull steps out and I shoot and I, I swore I dropped him 
is I, I shot and once my rifle came back down my scope, it looked like he lunged and dropped. Um, and you couldn't see with the, the camera because it doesn't zoom that quite that far, but it looked like he dropped. It looked like he had kicked or something. And then he's like, shoot again. Frank's like, shoot again. So he moves to the left back to the first opening and the other bull comes up behind him and I rack another one in. And as soon as he was clear, I shot again. And then they took off. And then we heard, uh, oh, we'd seen other hunters coming up that draw mm -hmm. that the elk were in originally. So we're like, okay, we just shot this bull. And it looked like, it looked like a pretty good bull, like a six point. Later, <clears throat> later on when we got back to the office, I looked at it and I'd, I'd say he's about a, you know, somewhere between 290, 300, somewhere in there, you know, a good six point. Um, but we run over and uh, we're just like frantically looking for this bull, thinking he's just laying there dead and uh, couldn't find him. Yeah, we looked, we searched for blood, uh, re reviewed the footage. I actually just um, got that SIG uh, 8K rangefinder, and it links up with your base map app, so you can range something. Sick. And so we were like I, looking. I have to have one of those. Yeah, we were looking at a spot where we thought the elk was mm -hmm. when you shot, but I was like, kept looking at my base map, and I'm like, dude, this isn't where it says it was. So we went to the spot where it said it was, and we also, we, just, we looked all over just in case, but we just weren't able, we saw some tracks, we, didn't, we weren't able to find any blood, so we decided to sit down for a sec have a snack and then we looked at the footage and it was hard to see because the screen so we were just using that little baby handy cam sony um and uh it was hard to see but it ended up we we saw that the bullet just just went a little wide and when he shot basically the elk just like stopped like put the brakes on and then reared back um and it was it was two clean misses and yep. so uh you know as anyone would feel dave was fucking down a little bit down after that and i just remember you're like fuck man like this has been such a long hunt should we stay should we go and we were like no dude we got to stay we got i was ready to pack up and yeah. go home it was tough i mean we, it was day seven of the hunt and we it's not like we weren't putting in any of the effort and i think you mentioned that same thing you're like dude it's not like we don't know what we're doing yeah like, we're just not seeing anything yeah, I, I i hate getting to that point where you start questioning like do i know what i'm doing anymore i mean i've killed a lot of elk um but it's, it's, it's tough when you're like in a situation where you're not seeing stuff or, you know, you're missing a shot. Well, in this case, the uh, wind was blowing so hard that it blew, it blew my bullet two feet to the right. Yeah. But it was a perfect height. Like everything else was perfect. It was just so windy that it just blew the bullet over. Right. So we, uh, we gather our wits and we go back up to the spot that we were at and, and decided just to hang out up there and, and this glass until we were going to leave it dark and we probably went back up there for about an hour or two snacks i took a little bit of a nap like dozing off all of a sudden <clears throat> probably hour and a half before uh dark dave's glassing up over probably i don't know probably about a mile away and you see about five they'll come out in these aspens mm -hmm. Dude, we gotta go we gotta yeah. go we gear up dave went back from Three, went back to 12 out of 10 in fitness <laughs> and we just started hauling ass into this little draw in these pines thick pines but even before that before you even saw the elk you, you were saying dude i think i smell some elk and oh yeah my smell's been all fucked up since i had covid <laughs> last year so i couldn't smell shit yeah i could i could smell like the wind was blowing it up and i could smell elk but i was like nah i can't it can't be yeah so 
anyway, so we, Dave spots these elk. We pack our packs super quick, and then we just start hauling ass uh, down this draw. We have to cross two draws to get to the elk to get a shot. I think when we ranged them, I can't remember how far they were, but I know there was a rock that was pretty close that we were trying to get to to where you could shoot pretty simply, I don't know, two, 300 yards um, at them. And Dave starts hauling balls. We're busting through these, these thick pines, and we get down to the bottom of this draw, and it just explodes. There's like, <laughs> there's like I heard a 20 elk down there. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I'm like, shit. I'm like, looking at them, and they're mostly cows, and uh, I'm like, bull, bull. I'm like, I yell at Frank, I'm going to shoot the big one, and the big one's only like a I'm like, point. I'm like just watching this. I'm like, all right, all right, shoot. And then I like forget I'm holding the camera in my hand. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Oh. So I turn on the camera, and the elk, so I had this little shitty Siri uh, cow call. It, I don't know. It doesn't sound like great, but they would like run out and I'd blow it and they'd stall, stop and look. Yeah. And then they'd run a little bit. I'd blow it again. They all stop and look. <laughs> They're like, I'm like, damn, these elk are dumb as hell or I'm, <laughs> I'm a great elk caller. <laughs> and for as many, for as many elk hunts as I've been on, I keep forgetting you can stop animals when, when they're running just by making a sound. And, yeah. you know, I, I always forget that. Um, and we did that with your elk. You did it. You started it, and then I did it, and we were just like making a rare sound, and then they just they stop. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> so I yell at Frank, you know, I'm going to shoot the big one, and the big one's only like a it's a three or four point, you know, and it's a it's a unit where there's no size requirement. It's just bull only, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I pull up, and the bull is behind a cow. Like the cows are yeah, surrounding he's this all bull up in the group. And I'm like, shit, damn it, damn it. And they're moving away, and then Frank blows his call, and they stop. And I look over, and there's a spike by himself, straggling. You know, like he's at the end of the group, and I'm like, "Ah, eh, screw it. <laughs> Why pass up meat in the freezer, right?" So I just pull up my crosshairs, and boom, I I hit him hard. And he just, you can see him like stumbling and tipping, and he's just about to go over, but then he regains composure and starts running again. Yeah, starts running again. I blow the call again. He he stops and turns. Dave shoots. Boom! And I it went a little bit high. Yep, I missed him with the second shot. And it he starts. Him. He starts running again. I blow the call again, and he stops and looks. No way, <laughs> dude! It happened like four times. It's hilarious. He call. I call again. He stops, and then and then Dave drills him. Boom! But it still doesn't drop him. He gets all wobbly legged, and yeah. he kind of just walks a little bit and then he tips over and we're yeah. like oh my god how did that just happen we're yeah. so we're so lucky I, I hit him in the shoulder that last time and you could see his leg flopping and oh. i felt so bad i'm like <laughs> oh, i'm so sorry and he's just standing there and his legs flopping and he's he's tipping and tipping and then finally drops and rolls Are you running a suppressor too no i Not wasn't that. on that yeah it wasn't that loud though that that rifle doesn't have a muzzle brake on no it. no muzzle brake yeah um but yeah we we're just like well you know, we saw those elk, what, 1,500 yards or something like that. We're running over there and jump a herd of elk. And it's like literally the last hour of daylight on the last day. And these elks jump up. And I'm like, you know what? I could either either hope that these elk don't go and spook that other herd and we go after that because we know there's a bull in that group. Or, you know, I've got a bird in hand. Why, why not shoot it? and have meat in the freezer for this year and elks taste or not elks uh, spikes taste really good yeah i'm like screw it i'm gonna shoot it um i've never shot a bull that small that was a little <laughs> bit i felt bad i felt really bad well you filled the tag i think any most anybody in that situation would have 
done the same, especially since you didn't have any meat in the freezer. Yeah, I, is, I ran so. out like a long time ago. Um, Anders and I had shot a bunch of whitetail and I'd eaten all of that and I'd eaten all my elk from like two years ago, so I didn't have anything. <clears throat> yep, so it came down to the wire. It's a, it's a good point though on both of your guys' hunts that it can happen in the first hour of the last day or the last hour, first hour of the first day or last hour of the last day. You just got to keep after it. Um, but anyway, we ended up getting that elk taken care of and started hiking it out and then all of a sudden dude there are elk everywhere cows Bugling, cows calling bugles going off everywhere we're like why why were we it was that <laughs> it was the second day that damn big ass elk screwed us because yeah. we focused all of our efforts over there when we should have been in the same spot that you killed your elk in the end but yeah that's just how it goes but there were there were truly elk everywhere like we got to the truck um and there were like three or four cows like 100 yards from it just chilling yeah like, uh, where, where were you guys? I'm sure yeah. they knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, they're like, ah, season, we had, season's over. Yeah. We had elk following us yeah. when we were packing out in the dark. Yeah, we're packing out in the dark. There's, they can just hear us like rustling through the trees. They're just cow calling, following, getting closer and closer. Like, what? That's where, the craziest thing. Where have yeah. you been this whole time? But yeah. yeah, it was a cool hunt, man. It was fun. Um, it was definitely a grind. Early mornings, late nights. Yep, we cold, gave her, we cold gave her yeah. a cold morning, super warm days. It was a strange season. Funny how there hasn't been any mm-hmm. weather this year has been insane. Like even, I was talking to my dad yesterday and he said, uh, saw something where, granted this is Denver, not the mountains, but Denver hasn't had snow in like 260 some days or something like that. So, oh wow. There was, yeah, like there, the weather was completely different. It was hot this year, a lot of snow. But Just have to adapt. Well, it's kind of worrisome because it could mean more forest fires next year. Yeah, it could mean a lot of things. Yeah, the snowpack levels are super low, so high country archery deer might not be that great next year. Yeah, really dry year next year. <clears throat> so hopefully we get dumped on here pretty soon. Shred yep. some Narnia. Oh, all you. Yep. <laughs> so um, once I got that elk home, uh, that was really exciting because my, my girlfriend really wanted to learn how to butcher animals. So we had a little butcher party over at her house and two of her friends came over and uh, none of them had really butchered at all. And I just bring in this giant fine quarter and they're just like, oh my God, that thing's huge. <laughs> and, you know, I, you know, I'm used to hearing that all the time. So, <laughs> oh, you, you know, sick uh, bastard. I saw that, I saw that smirk coming. Damn. Damn, he <laughs> said, like, he said new to me. He said it's good there. Yeah. Did, was no. she mad that you didn't bring any organs? Well, yeah, she, she really wanted me to bring the tongue, the liver, the heart. Um, and I was like, you know, it came down to us packing out in the dark. We did it in one trip. Frank's a beast. He carried, you know, he carried two hindquarters and a bunch of loose meat. And, um, and I took the, what, two fronts and some more loose meat. And uh, I'm like, I don't think I could carry much more, you know. But the other thing is I told her, you know, the liver was kind of blown up partially blown up yeah. I, had a, I had a chunk of that uh yeah that's gross he was trying to talk me into eating some raw liver right it. there it was covered in intestine goo and part, of, part of it was i took a slice of it what made you do it because i wanted to see what the indians were talking about man oh, okay. that was like a delicacy to them for bison at least i don't know if it was elk but they would they would take raw liver and then they would get bile from the gallbladder they put it on there and they'd eat it raw I don't know. I didn't mind it. It didn't really taste like, it didn't taste bad. It just kind of had like a meaty crunch to it. I would do it again. It was good. Right, one of those a lot things, of nutrients in there. It's, I think it's one of those things too, like, oh, while stuff's still like hot, you know what I'm saying? Like fresh. 
tastes completely different. I don't know sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, it, tastes, it didn't taste anything like cooked liver. Cooked liver tastes like piss. Yeah, I don't know if you guys have cooked something on the mountain right after you shot it. Oh. Um, I've, I've done it um, with, with my first mule deer with uh, my friend Isaac, and that was, that was the best mule deer I've ever had. And we did it with my caribou. Uh, we cooked it up that night, and it tastes way better than caribou after a few months of sitting in the freezer. <laughs> yeah. No seasoning, too, literally. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Very primal. Well, gents, we're over an hour. Is there anything you guys want to bring up? How are we looking on uh, Black Friday stuff? Slammed. Slammed. Uh, we're hammering back there. I think yesterday we did 400 orders, so keep chipping at it. Quite a bit to go. So yeah, yep. we're, we're so thankful for all of you guys that are yeah. you know, helping us out and buying things for yourselves or family members. Um, we had a great Black Friday sale. Uh, shipping is, is pretty slammed. It's going to take them a while to get through all of the sales. Yeah, we're uh, got a really solid crew right now. I mean, we have about guys now, and uh, what we're doing with those three guys is a lot more than what we've done in the past. So it's just really got a good crew. And the hard thing is, there's just we I would say probably ten times our normal volume. So trying to uh, out. Yeah, it's been a record month. For us uh, in Kafaro's history, so we've never had this many this many sales um, in any month. You guys are doing a great job of hammering them out and getting orders out the door. So we're doing our best. We like Dave said, we appreciate everyone and all your support. Couldn't do it without you. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll do our best to get these orders out the door. We've got gotten thousands and thousands and thousands of orders for November. So I won't say how many, but it's been a lot. And uh, the crew's doing a great job getting them out the door. So buddy for everything and Merry Christmas <laughs> 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 alright thanks guys